So, uh, so they started off saying, um, you know, yeah, we would love to build Capdesk here. If we can get, you know, 15% of your company in warrants, we'll build it, right? So then we made an incentive saying that I had to accept some specifications in the tech platform. If they built those specifications, those user stories, they would then get 15% uh, ah. in warrants. Okay. So already there was kind of an uneven relationship because they wanted to put in as, you know, less work as possible uh, to get the most amount of warrants as possible, right? And I wanted to get the least amount of warrants <laughs> and get the most work done. Not but true. it's uh, asymmetric working relationships because I have no clue what they have to build and how complex it is, <laughs> right? So we started that, and um, once we built the prototype and our second funding round came up, I then asked them, you know, how much would it cost to hire two of you to go full time? And they gave me this ridiculous price. <laughs> so then I said, do you want to be equal co-founders then? Just equal co-founders. And uh, took a bit of convincing, and they said yes. Wow. And the first thing that happened when they become equal co-founders was, Christian, we need to rebuild the whole platform. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. Welcome to a single standalone episode with Christian Gabriel, CEO and co-founder of CapDesk, an equity management platform helping companies manage cap tables and employee shares from startup all the way to IPO. CapDesk operates out of London and Copenhagen and has hit the news recently since this was recorded by raising a further three million pounds sterling in Series A funding in late April 2020, bringing total funding to seven million GBP. The company has close to a thousand European scale-ups on its books, and it's also launched a new secondaries feature where employees can now sell a percentage of the shares for cash early without messing up the cap table. So we have Christian Gabriel, CEO and founder of CapDesk, an equity management platform here in the Web Summit for 14 Minutes of SaaS. Hi Christian, how are you? Very good, very good. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure. Um, tell me a little bit about your life up until, uh, maybe including um, your university days. Yeah, some good days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, um, where should I begin? Yeah, I traveled a lot as a kid. My parents took me back and forth from Australia. Ah. My dad was self-employed, chose to actually had a company at that point, went to Australia, didn't go so well, back, back to Denmark, <laughs> then went back to Australia again. Wow, <laughs> what did your dad do? Um, he was a graphic designer, ah, which we'll come back to. Yeah, and then um, I guess what happened then is I came to, to Denmark and I've been playing a lot of, lot of tennis and, and then I got back injury and uh, were you successful in tennis? Up yeah, I was that? quite successful. Well, I used a lot of my time on it, you know, because okay. playing competitively, right? Playing tournaments. So wow. literally, my school days will be, you know, be finished at about four o'clock and then play tennis the rest of it. Wow. And uh, the weekends will be the same. So when I got that back injury. What age were you when you got the back injury? I was probably about 15. Were you intending to get on the challenger circuit? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was doing my best. Well, wow. it was well, everything I, I, I lived and breath, well, to be honest. Yeah. And then when that happened, you know, what, what are I going to do with my time? I had so much time. I would be, you know, out of school at like three. Yeah. And I was like, what, what do normal people do? <laughs> so um, I got into, uh, my dad was a graphic designer. He, uh, he gave me a bit of tasks. So I just sat there in his office and worked with some of the clients. And before I knew it, some of the clients said that they would rather want to go with me than my dad. Because oh. it was a little bit cheaper, right? I think my dad loved that though, right? 
Proud of so, you. So yeah, so I ended up having my first clients there um, when I finished high school. I got an internship in San Francisco. Went to San Francisco, and I think that's where you know my my life kind of changed. Yeah. So I went to this one event, something I think it was called Polio at the time. It was a Danish startup. Yeah. Got very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up the next morning, and apparently I'd promised to design five different websites for five different startups. Wow. So with my hangovers, I just went out, signed all the websites, did it all, became part of a startup, never looked back. All of a sudden, you know, my visa expired and I had to go back to Europe. Were they paid gigs? Yeah, yeah, some of them were paid, some of them were not. It, was, yeah. it became kind of very startup-ish, okay. right? So I founded like a little company together, a co-founder in San Francisco. Um, yeah. At least that's what I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, came back, yeah, I'm actually gonna go. You went to Vienna then, didn't you? Yeah, then I worked for a company in Vienna that did SEO, yeah. a search engine organization. So they were previous Google employees from San Francisco. Uh -huh. That was quite fun. But then I came back to Denmark and nothing was going on because you you've got that vibe, you've got here at Web Summit in San Francisco at that time. This yeah. is back in 11. I went to a cafe and I was trying to get you know, that tech vibe. And there was just mums you know, sitting with their kids and <laughs> having some fancy salads. And I was like, what is this? So I met up with um, the previous uh, Danish ambassador to Canada. And uh, he said the same thing. He's like, nothing is going on here. Wow. So then we decided to make something called Creative Copenhagen in Copenhagen. Yes. Um, where we just brought all the tech guys together and then we broadcasted uh, all the tech ideas um, on LinkedIn to the ambassadors, ambassador network. And before we knew it, a Swedish investment platform contacted us and said, you guys are doing uh, equity crowdfunding. We're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> are we? Are we, right? So, so they said, here's the, here's the chunk of money. We'd like to hire you, Christian, to be the, be the country manager of Denmark. And, and I just started my um, university degree in computer science, sure. but took the challenge. So our platform was basically, it's called equity crowdfunding. So we will go to companies and we'll say, instead of you raising from an angel or instead of you raising from a VC, come to us, we'll take your equity, we'll shove it into a thousand bits and sell it to small investors who would like to become part of your company. Okay. So it's like Kickstarter, but for equity. Okay. And after having done a couple of those cases, I asked uh, the CEO of the crowdfunding platform, where the hell is the equity? He <laughs> 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 said, so, wow, then spreadsheets. It's like, then spreadsheets? Are you <laughs> kidding me? And that's when I started to, uh, to make CapDesk. Okay. So that's my story. <laughs> okay, okay. And it's amazing that you went to San Francisco for design, considering that while not a lot was going on at the time in Denmark, yeah. In SAS, there was an awful lot going on in Denmark in design terms. <laughs> Copenhagen is stronger than San Francisco, in my opinion, considerably for design. Definitely. Uh, so I guess it didn't feel that way when you were plugged into design. And then when you'd kind of been converted to some extent in San Francisco, that's when it hit you, I guess. I think it's all without offending any people here. But I think I, I had already worked in design to get my dad alone. And I would say I'm a quite an energetic person. Yes. So it was the first time gotcha. I had to work together with other designers in a room and to see sometimes how the thought process were and how they discussed things. It was just, you know, I don't have time for this. Yeah, yeah. You, you just wanted yeah. to go, yeah. go, go and do it, yeah. So the first, the first thing we worked on was, yeah, I did like a sketch for it. I really liked it. You know, the, um, our manager, he approved and said, we're going to use this. Yeah. And all of a sudden I got this phone call late at night yeah, you know, these designers, we've just been speaking about it at the pub, and we thought we actually made something different, so shouldn't we do that instead? And I was like, so that just felt painful? Yeah, just felt painful. It, yeah. it wasn't the environment I strived in, so yeah. I wasn't there too much. 
So you got the idea for CapDesk yes. from this, uh, from the guys doing everything in spreadsheets, and it yeah. felt really clunky and not very scalable. Yeah. So when you got the idea, did you go out? And, did you just go and build it, or did you think about how am I going to validate this? I mean, to be honest, in those days, me and my co-founder, we had uh, we just created a little consultancy uh, where we uh, we basically uh, we, we invoiced the investment platform through that consultancy, and then we just did everything. So it's just okay. It was probably you know people in the start two two uh, two boys in the start of their twenties, just doing everything, having a lot of fun in an office and taking all the gigs we could do, and then we just had literally just you know all these ideas and post-it notes with things we wanted to do and. Some of them worked out, some of them didn't. And one of the things that worked out was, was CapDesk because right. we had an angel investor coming to us saying, my co-founder co did a thesis in, um, in equity crowdfunding and his, his thesis supervisor was a business angel, angel as well. And he came to us and said, CapDesk is a great idea. If you find some developers, I'm going to fund it. So what year was that now at the stage when, when he came and said that? 2015. Wow. Just when I graduated, I graduated university, same, same year. Okay, and did you? And is that what you did? You went out and found some developers. Yeah, uh, so well, so that was a tricky bit, <laughs> finding some good developers, right? Because I studied sure. a bit, but that does not mean I'm a good uh, developer. And I made the first prototype, which was not considered a prototype by any developer as well. Um, yeah, so we just started interviewing developers, really. Cool. First, we thought we were going to outsource it to India. Our angel said, "No way, you're doing that." There are cultural nuances to outsourcing. There definitely is, and um, I think that's what we learned as well when we found out two two technical co-founders who are still in CapDesk that, you know, it's very much them that found out what we should build. Because yeah. I had this idea that w was, you know, let's put shares uh, from spreadsheets on the internet. And sure. that was the idea. And sure. then we found, you know, my two co-founders who could actually, you know, take that you know, ridiculous idea and, you know, <laughs> make it binary and put it into a computer, right? <laughs> and they had to figure it all out. I didn't come to them and say, here's the book. This is what you should do. Okay. So I think for anybody out there, find some good technical co-founders. Yeah. It's going to be worth it, no matter what you pay them. <laughs> Fantastic. And did, and did you find them in Denmark, were you saying? You yeah, found them I found them in Denmark. Yeah. And when we started, actually, the story was quite fun. They're going to they're gonna hate me for telling me this, right? Go on. But <laughs> so, uh, so they started off saying, um, you know, yeah, we would love to build CapDesk here. If we can get 15% you know, of your company in warrants, we'll build it. Right? So then we made an incentive saying that I had to accept some specifications in the tech platform. If they built those specifications, those user stories, they would then get 15% uh, ah. in warrants. Okay. So already there was kind of an uneven relationship because they wanted to put in as you know, less work as possible uh, to get the most amount of warrants as possible, right? And I wanted to get the least amount of warrants <laughs> and get the most work done. Not but true. it's uh, asymmetric working relationships because I have no clue what they have to build and how complex it is, <laughs> right? So we started that and um, once we built the prototype and our second funding round came up, I then asked them, you know, how much would it cost to hire two of you to go full time? And they gave me this ridiculous price. <laughs> so then I said, do you want to be equal co-founders then? Just equal co-founders. And uh, took a bit of convincing and they said yes. Wow. And the first thing that happened when they become equal co-founders was, Christian, we need to rebuild the whole platform. <laughs> <laughs> did you get? Did you feel a bit angry when they said that? I mean, I, I sort of, I thought of, I sort of knew it, right? Because, okay. because okay. you always have this MVP thing. So, yes. I guess the timing of it, I would like to know a little bit before, because we had to, you know, raise a funding round. Yeah. And again, it's asymmetric because so you don't know how much you don't know. <laughs> but even though it would be slightly annoying initially to hear it, 
it absolutely meant that that decision to give away two thirds of your company was the best decision you made. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So how's it gone since then? I mean, since then, so I moved to London right away when we got our second funding round, which was in February 16. Yeah, what level was that at? Uh, it was just like pre-pre-seed. It was okay. very, very sure, early. Sure, early. Sure. It was kind of a very proper funding round. Um, yeah. We just raised about 100K, I think, pounds. Yeah, just to keep going. Exactly. Well, it was enough for me to, to move to London. Yeah. And I started in a skyscraper, knowing nobody with a little, <laughs> a little bag. And uh, yeah, since then, just you know, grinded really hard. And now we've got about you know, 20 employees in CapDesk. And we've been growing 15% month to month this year. And That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And I mean, we just got nominated uh, top 10 best companies in uh, Web Summit. Oh, so, fantastic. So yeah, happy days. So question for you, you call it the most flexible equity so far in Europe. So which are the ones that are more flexible than you outside of Europe? Well, our main competitor is Carter. Oh, so okay. we're okay. quite, I mean, I'm quite happy about that. I mean, Carter yeah. just reached a unicorn valuation, you know, got backed by Andreessen Horowitz, perhaps the best investor in the world. Okay. And Goldman Sachs joined in. Okay. So one year ago, two years ago, VCs will tell me that, ah, oh, that's a very niche idea. Uh, the market size is not big enough. So, they, so they've made the market for you. Exactly. And so you've got late mover advantage, maybe. I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I can go back to the VC says, yeah, I was right, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, I think we're very much building the market together. What pushes you to do what you do? I think it's a bit like, you know, when you're as a kid, play with Lego, right? And uh, you know, it's Christmas morning, you play with some Lego, you <laughs> go to sleep, and then on Boxing Day, you wake up and the Lego is still there. And you feel that excitement that you can continue to build on that. It's still there, uh, that intrinsic, intrinsic motivation. And, yes. and it starts out with, if I just could get this product built, yeah. just could get it to here, you know, I'd be the happiest man in the world. You love owning your own destiny, basically. I think so. But I also think the culture is something that drives me more and more and more. You know, like I can create the best team of people that I like to work with. Yes. And if I don't like to work with them, and if I don't think they perform, I've got, I can fire them, right? Of course. How yeah. amazing is that? So yeah. I can spend the rest of my life with people I like. Yes. <laughs> and that are good, good like they're, they're great to work with. Okay. And I think that if you ask most people, they would say, are you happy, satisfied with the colleagues? I think they'll say no. So and you I, tell me your ambition is to be a unicorn? Definitely. Okay, good. Because I can feel that. Because a lot of Europeans won't say that. What's one personal quality that you feel has helped you succeed? Diplomacy, I think. Not having a too big of an ego. Yep. And be self-reflective yep. and being able to kind of handle, you know, situations that arise, this customer doesn't like you or employee feel dissatisfied, being kind of blunt, but also honest and not having a big ego in it and kind of being self-reflective and still being, you know, having a high energy level. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my best qualities. I thought it used to be my persuasion, persuasiveness and energy, but I noticed that that is actually just kind of the hidden weapon I have. Whenever something is not moving my way, I'll use my energy and persuasiveness. But yeah. mostly it's just diplomacy. Okay. Einstein's got this perfect equation I love to quote. Ego equals one over knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the less the ego. Absolutely. And if you meet a person, if you hire a person that's ego is too big, I think everything's going to explode because you need to work with people that are better than you. You need to work with people who are dumber than you. You need to work with investors who don't know anything. Yeah. If you I don't think it's very rare you meet into a founder that's just really an asshole. <laughs> Especially the, like uh, I work with founders, right? Because yeah. those are our clients. I think most of them, you know, are, are self-reflective and, and have got that less ego. Or sometimes you go into banking or corporates, you can get those egos, right? Sure. It's completely different. Sure. So I think diplomacy, self-reflection, knowing what you don't know, 
learning what you need to learn. Yeah. Uh, that's the key. Then you can do everything. Christian, that's a beautiful note on which to finish 40 minutes of SaaS. Thank Fantastic. you so much for your time. <laughs> of course, thanks. Next installment is episode 112 and the first of three episodes with Bob Moore, CEO and co-founder of Crossbeam. Crossbeam is a SaaS which helps companies organize their partnerships. I interviewed Bob in Lisbon's Web Summit and as chairperson of SaaS Talk Remote, I'll be introducing him to their main virtual stage in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills, to Ketsu for the music, and to Anders Getz for the transcript. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and of course, give the show a rating.